Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back with another episode of The Authority Project. And I have my new friend here, Eleanor Mache, and she is here. She says to help us become a recognized thought leader. Yeah, a recognized thought leader in your space, in your in your particular field. Is that right, Eleanor? That is 100% accurate. Well, we shall see. We shall see what she can do for us today on this particular episode, this very special episode of The Authority Project. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, feast your eyes and tune your ears. It's that time again. We are live with another episode of The Authority Project. It's the video podcast streamed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope, where we talk to digital marketers, business coaches, and creators of all kinds on how they've built authority in their field and how you can mimic their success. Developing authority, building your audience, and attracting better clients to your own business. Now, without further ado, let's bring to the virtual stage your host, Brian S. Arnold. And we are back on the virtual stage. It is a... Special time of year. This is Christmas, y'all. I, I I wasn't gonna mention it, but it is. It is Christmas time for me anyway, not for Eleanor because she's um, 8 a.m. on the 26th right now. So we're global people. We're, this is the global stage. How are you doing, Eleanor, today? I am excellent. Thank you very much for having me, especially at this special time of year. Yes, yes, wonderful. So we're gonna get started uh, and and dive in. Well, we're not gonna dive in yet. We're gonna, we want we want people to know who you are first of all, who you are personally and then professionally. Thank you again for having me. Well, I am a ambitious and driven thought leader in the construction industry. Of course, with an internet connection, you can be global. You can be omnipresent anytime, anywhere. And my business is the construction coach. It is Australia's first construction coach. I'm also the number one best-selling author of Constructing Your Career, my book, which came out earlier this year and podcast host of the industry leading podcast for the construction industry, Constructing You. Nice. I love it. This is going to be awesome. So tell us right now, what's your current project that you're working on in at the moment? 2021 as a whole. <laughs> 2020, you know, a lot of plans were put on the backfire, which was okay because it really allowed me to hone in and continue adding value to my community. And it has been an extremely successful year in business, regardless of any externalities. But right now, the focus is on, you know, we're not doing the same of what we did last year. How do we grow? How do we scale? How do we capture, you know, more people to capture sounds, you know, it's, it's how can we find the right people to keep on serving and keep on growing the community? So my focus as a whole is on 2021, on setting targets, on setting the performance, on, you know, on the deliverables and, you know, also keeping on doing more of what I am already doing, like podcasting and and writing books and doing a lot of speaking. So the focus is already the new year. Very nice. Very nice. Now, here's a question that I ask all my guests too. What about, what is going on with your daily routine? What does that look like? 
at the moment, it's fantastic because my time is to myself. So I always try and focus to have my mornings to myself. You control the morning, you control the day. So the morning is the time for me to feed back into me. So it will involve a little bit of exercise. It certainly involves journaling, which is my favorite thing in the world to do. It's where I manifest and get clarity and you know, really internalize my thoughts and understand what's first and foremost happening in here. I spend a lot of time visualizing. I do meditate and then I actually start the day. And, you know, before we were jumping online, we we're talking about how it's very easy to get caught up in doing everything yourself. So yeah. in 2021, I'm also looking as to how I can offload some of my tasks that are the D level tasks so I can spend more time on the A level tasks that bring the most value and the most return on investment. So a lot of strategic planning happening at the moment as well. Great stuff. Okay. So let's, let's dive into this thought leadership. What does it even mean? That's a great question. So I, I'll answer your question with a little bit of a story. So there was a point in my career when I knew I wanted more. I wanted more out of a career and the alternative to wanting more wasn't just, hey, let's climb the corporate career. Let's keep on doing what we're doing. I find that very unfulfilling. And I got to a point again in my career where I felt extremely lost and confused and I couldn't identify the pathway which would allow me to live out both my passion, my purpose and be in total alignment with what my unique strengths were. So I spent a lot of time journaling and I downloaded a vision from the universe. And when you have a vision for yourself and you have just that enough belief in it, that it can come true, the universe will bring around people and opportunities, which will make that a reality. And that is exactly what happened to me. So it was June last year, the 16th, to be specific. I'm very sentimental when it comes <laughs> to tipping points and milestones in my life, I met my thought leadership mentor, Ron Malhotra. He's a global entrepreneur and the founder of you know this thought leadership program that I'm on and that I'm a master facilitator of as well. And I met Ron and I looked at Ron's life and lifestyle and how he was impacting people and how he showed up. It was unlike anyone I had ever seen or experienced before. And long story short, you know, Ron showed me the third way to have a career. You can be a traditional entrepreneur. You can be a traditional employee. I, you know, climb the corporate ladder or you can be a thought leader, which is the third way. It is the third door of having a career. And it is a very unique form of entrepreneurship because in the thought leadership world, what you have to say, your unique message, your unique ideologies, it matters. And what we do is we build a brand, we build assets, we build a business around extensions of all of who we are. Because in the thought leadership world, in this model of entrepreneurship, the thought leader is at the core. We are the center of everything that we do and say because people are fundamentally attracted and connect with people first. But in order for us to facilitate that connection, we have to get to know ourselves on level on unprecedented levels and we actually spend a lot of time figuring ourselves out on our macro and the micro what is intriguing about us what is our message what do we stand for what is the truth that we are here to deliver and then of course we you know put that out in the public arena and that is going to really dissuade some people from ever wanting to know <laughs> 
are going to bring in the aligned people into our world so we can make them think because the fundamental duty of a thought leader is to make people think and think differently. So I'm, I'm hearing a lot of your steps there. You went about, you went, you talked about journaling. You're talking about getting to, getting to really know who you are. Are, are those the steps that in, in, in finding the right partnerships? Are those the steps? I, I want to get into like steps about being the thought leader. Are, is, is that the path you're talking about? Journaling, getting to know partnerships, getting to know who you, the real you. Is, is, that what we're, is that what you're talking about? Or is there something else that I'm missing there um, that you want to add to that? Or, or it could be something totally different. I don't know. <laughs> but let me know what that is. Oh, that's a great question. You know, the first thing is to really think about what it is that you want. That is always the first and foremost question that we ask people when they're thinking about entering the thought leadership world or any world. It's what do you want? And it's actually understanding that traditional types of careers and or businesses just may not be suitable. There are other ways. There are really other ways as, you know, what my mentor Ron Malhotra does to magnify your impact. Because if you ask someone, wants to make an impact on the world you want to increase your influence you want to actually you know the core of this podcast is to cement your authority in your micro niche then to have those ambitions thought leadership is an excellent pathway and up until i met ron that term wasn't even in my worldview. it wasn't even a concept that i was even familiar with so yes we had to actually understand that you know that familiarity what does it actually entail and this is why podcasts like this where you're bringing it into the sphere of people's possibilities is extremely invaluable and then of course you could set out on a journey by yourself you could figure out I don't think you would even figure out how to become a thought leader because there are over 50 components associated with thought leadership and cementing authority and creating not you know your brand your how you communicate at keynote developments writing a book the list goes on and on and on yeah. it's finding the people who have the results that you want which is what i did and then doing whatever it takes to work with them because i certainly don't have the ego to say i would have figured it all out not even in 20 years yeah. but on my mentor had certainly figured out and he has the results that i also desire so to really go on this path of thought leadership, it's to, again, find the people who have the results that you want and do whatever you can to work with them. So it sounds great. It sounds simple. But isn't this, isn't this a lot of work to get to this place? I mean, we're talking mental building. We're talking, you know, other things where we're, we're, we're trying to reach out and ask people for their help. We're trying to, you know, build our own community. And and then trying still trying to live our lives, live a life on, on top of that too. What let's let's get real here, Eleanor. What what, what let's, let's talk about the work involved. It sounds pretty, but there's a lot of there's a lot of grind in there, right? Let's let's get real. There's a lot of grind in there, right? Talk talk about the grind a little bit. There is. And I am very fortunate that for me, diligence and hard work and deferring gratification is also my natural state. I mean, I do have a custom-made bracelet that says hustle. It's, it's my natural state. And I'm certainly someone who, you know, I have my long-term vision and I will do whatever it takes to get there because what is the alternative? The time is going to go by anyway. I don't want to arrive at my 10-year destination and be like, well, this isn't what I wanted. 
because I didn't do the work when it actually mattered. But you're absolutely right. It is an intense amount of work. But like everything else, you know, when a plane wants to take off, that is when it burns the most fuel, not when it is cruising at altitude. And for a year, and I still am, you close the curtains to the outside world, you go internally and you do the work. You have to really sit with your thoughts. You actually have to let go of past ideologies and past worldviews. You actually have to start understanding how this world works. It is an insane amount of hours. I shouldn't say insane because I will probably defer people. I put in <laughs> insane amount of people because I saw the opportunity and I saw the pathway and I want it. So yes, I am going to put in more hours than usual because I'm more than happy to put in an hour, not an hour, one year, two years, even five years, because the rewards, the return on investment is phenomenal. It is exponential and it is eternal. And yes, yeah, so when you are going on such a unique pathway, one that hasn't been traversed before, one which requires you to put yourself out there and stand out. And again, I am fortunate that standing out is my prerogative. It is where I am most comfortable. I didn't have to do that much work on what other people will think, what other people will say, because they don't think, and they certainly don't have a lot in mind for themselves, let alone for me. So there is a lot of still letting go of those misconceptions and those mental barriers and those fear barriers, because the highs are extremely high. When, you know, my favorite day this year was when I got to release my book. That was one of the highest highs that I got to experience because you get to stand back and look, this is what I've done, but to actually sit down, buckle down, write a book, plan a book, that takes months. That takes a lot of, you know, of that work that you say. And then it's not just writing the book, it's the marketing, it's the publishing, it's getting it into people's hands. So yeah. there is there is that work. But to have those highs, you also need to go through some quite low lows. And those lows, they're not talk, meant to defeat you. They're talk only... Talk, talk about those lows. Just get well-rounded and everything. What, what, yeah, what, what, what are the lows? The lows can be anything from, you know, sometimes you put out a webinar and not as many people show up or <laughs> you put out an offer and nothing converts or... You put out a, a book and, and that is extremely confronting because the book is going to outlast me and it is someone, you know, getting deep into the philosophies and, you know, you're always wondering, is it actually going to do what I want it to do? The lows can be anything from just sometimes listening to your own negative discourse and thinking, oh, am I going to get there? It's It feels like climbing a mountain that is that steep and you sit you start questioning yourself and you think, you know, can I actually do this? Am I moving as fast as I wanted to? Is this for me? You you do start to question because you still have to get runs on, on the scoreboard. But <laughs> those lows are so part of the journey. And this is where people have to actually internalize that one, two, three, four, even five times when it doesn't go right doesn't mean that you need to pick up your bat and your ball and go home and you leave the game. Yeah. Absolutely not. And it's understanding that like establishing yourself as a thought leader, it's a very long term play. It is a lifetime game because it is only the thought leadership model of entrepreneurship, which you can build a business, which is based around your passion, your purpose, your expertise, and your tasks are focused on relationship building and influence and community and creating. We create solutions. We create 
IP, we create content, we create brand assets. This is a very long-term play. And when you actually understand that this is something I'm going to be doing for life, you don't get easily defeated. And I've also really worked on my relationship with success because nothing in the corporate world actually, or even the education system sets you up for failure and understanding that the faster that you fail, the faster that success actually comes to you. And it is through those failures and the times when things do not go great at all, does it afford you the greatest learning? And that is how you actually keep on growing. So, you know, to really understand all of these mental models at the same time trying to establish yourself, yes, it requires an extreme amount of dedication, but it always comes back to what do you want and how bad do you want it? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Let me mention about something that I wrote or I actually did a video for my for my um, my list this week. And it talked about output from this year to the next year. And I and I was explaining to them like, you can't have the same kind of output today and think a year from now you're gonna have better results. So can you can you can you tell them about you know like you were, you were talking about earlier about being about scaling how important it is to see the results that you made this year and improving on them so so you can have the results that you're you know dreaming about <laughs> for for a new year. Can you just go go into detail why why that's important to like for like other people are talking about so much about goal setting that kind of thing how it's important that kind of thing. Why 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 is that so so important in becoming or being a better thought leader? That's a great question. I don't remember who said the quote, but um, being an idiot is doing the same thing again and again and expecting a a different outcome. That work. I can't keep on doing exactly what I've been doing. And if I got 10 clients, all of a sudden I want 20. It's not going to work because there is a whole process that's involved in getting 10 people. So if you want 20, you have to do things differently. It is just mathematical. It's just simple logic and intelligence. But it's also about actually then sitting down and actually taking the time to say, okay, what am I actually doing? Am I just going around in circles? Am I wanting to even grow? Because some people don't want to grow and that is also okay. You actually have to know that with growth comes new challenges, a new level of yourself, and you're leaving your comfort zone so far behind that you won't even recognize it this time next year. And that for me is always the aim of the game. So it's actually sitting down and saying, okay, what am I actually trying to deliver here? What are my targets? And this is imperatively important as a business owner, we need to set targets. What are the financial targets that we want to achieve? What are the social targets that we want to achieve? What are the podcast metrics we want to be achieving? What are the book sales that we want to be achieving? Are we writing another book? Okay, what is the target for that? So it is extremely important as a business owner to constantly be setting targets because that is how your performance is measured. Have you or haven't you met the targets that you said you would in the amount of time that you have? And if you have, fantastic. If you haven't, well, you need to actually evaluate your experience and evaluate your own actions and understand what haven't I been doing? What haven't I been doing? Well, have I been doing everything to the best of my capability? But where do I actually need to tweak the process? And you always need to check, you know, this, you know, thought leadership isn't about us. We just, we're, we're just a messenger. It is about what our community wants. And first and foremost, before you actually go into any deliverables, it's understanding your people, understanding them in a way that they don't even understand themselves. And 
this is when yeah sometimes I'm in conversations with people like yes Eleanor like, how did you how did you know this or it felt like you were talking straight to me when you were on this episode or or in this webinar or when you put out this piece of content I felt like it was just for me so you have to actually spend a lot of time understanding what do your people need and where do you actually want to take them because they may think they need A, but what they actually want and need is something else. And this is where thought leadership comes into play because you can't lead people from the same consciousness that they're on. We constantly have to be raising our consciousness. So we need to always look back and say, okay, what do they need? How can I get them to move forward with me? Because you can be putting out the grandest of offers or the grandest of solutions and the best book that is written in the world. But if it is not for your people, then it doesn't matter. So you always have to come go back and understand what do they actually need right now and what do they, you know, how can I deliver unparalleled value to them in order to increase my business, increase my targets, get me to where I want to go. That's great. That's great. So this one word, and I, I was going through your site and this one word just, 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 just popped up and really resonated with me. And the one word is belief. How, how did how do you keep up your belief with your ups and downs? Because they're going to happen, and you know, I, I I think I read that you were an introvert as well. I still am. I am too. Um, Me too. Is, right. So people, you know, some people are, don't believe that, but it is very true. And how how you get to to a point where your where your belief system still still is strong still to a point where you can sustain over and over again the the dips in like the people who don't show up or the revenue that you thought were you were gonna make didn't make these kind of things how do you still keep believing in that things can work out long term in everything that you would desire to be how does one do that that's a great question and yes i am certainly an introvert by nature i love spending time by myself but i also get a lot of energy from people, but also know when that's okay. I need to go back and be by myself now to recharge. So yes, like people constantly are in a state of disbelief that we're introverts. They think we are the most extroverts of extroverts because <laughs> we can so comfortably put ourselves out there, but not quite. It's more about understanding your your energetic state. But when it comes to the belief system, when I first started the thought leadership journey, I certainly didn't have the belief. I didn't carry this unwavering belief that I would be a global authority in construction? Absolutely not. So at the start, I a, had to trust the process, which is incredibly important in the thought leadership model of entrepreneurship and this pathway. But I believed in the belief that my mentor, Ron, has in me, not just had, but has in me, yeah. because I knew what he could see incredibly diverse futures for me than I ever could. Because the thinking that got me to where I was, it wasn't the thinking that was going to get me to where I was going, where I needed to be. So the first thing that had to change is first of all, my worldview of possibility. It was to understand that what, you know, conventional ideologies, they weren't serving me. They're not really serving anyone, but they weren't serving me. And then to actually expand my worldview, to actually understand how, you know, the, the truth, the truth of the matters when it comes to your careers, when it comes to the life that you have, when it comes to how people's psychology and limitations and how people operate, you first and foremost have to expand your worldview. 
for me, if someone were to say, Eleanor, you can be a global authority, that's part of my worldview. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem like a foreign concept, but if you were to tell that to an administrative person in an accounts, they'll just laugh and say, well, that's not for me. That's not actually, that has nothing to do with me because their thinking is very, very limited and they're thinking inside a very, very tiny box. So first we have to shatter the box. First we have to kick the box down and actually go, right, I can actually do anything I want. And it's internalizing the fact that we are limitless and that our reality is first and foremost created by, by our mind. It is our philosophy which then impacts our thoughts, which then impacts our feelings, which then impacts our actions, which then impacts our results. So we spend a lot of time understanding our philosophy on life, what it is that we want to do. And the mere fact that you can have a thought, it is already part of our metaphysical reality. And when I have downloads from the universe, I don't have downloads where the universe says, Eleanor, you're going to be the number one basketball player in the world. Absolutely not. That's not what comes to me. But what comes to me, I know is for me. Because the grander your vision, the easier it actually is for the universe to come through you. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of time working on my vision and I spend a lot of time just closing my eyes and, and believing it and acting as if and seeing it and feeling how would I feel when I actually achieve this vision of mine, this vision for my clients? How do I feel when I get messages from my clients where they're like, Eleanor, this is the greatest thing, the best thing that I've ever done is work with you. I mean, getting those messages, you you get a bit emotional because it's a privilege to get those type of messages. So I spend a lot of time tying my energetic state, my energetic frequency to the thoughts that I want, and that's how you activate your subconscious mind to actually get you what you want. And the more that you can see something for yourself and tie your emotional state to it and go with unwavering belief and take immediate and massive action to constantly make that happen, I believe it. I believe in it 100% because if I'm not even going to believe in my own vision, what am I going to believe in? What? What? What is there? If I don't even believe that a vision can happen for me, how can I ever tell a client that it's going to happen? Mm. It's not, it's a double standard. It's not going to work. So I believe in my vision because it has been downloaded uniquely into me. What you see for yourself is different from what I see for myself. Everyone has a different vision and it is, you know, having vision is one of the most beautiful things in this life. But again, I also know that this is a very long-term process and it's not going to come overnight. Yeah. One year overnight, it, it takes a long time and i always think you know what's the alternative to go back to where i was two years ago that's not an that's not an option so i am going to have an unwavering belief in my vision in myself in the people around me that this is going to come into fruition it's great stuff wonderful yeah we're having a great time it's festive i got my ugly sweater on as we speak here <laughs> so it's a great time of year everybody I have a couple more questions for you. So let me give give me give me. I just made this up. Give me the most viable dot leader. What does what does that entail? Do we need to? Does, does that mean that we have to be speaking, doing podcasts, or being podcast guests? Do we need to have a book? Um, do we need to be? Um, tell, tell, tell us the the components, like the crucial components. Like you said, like you said it was like 50, 50 things that you were saying. Give, give me the most crucial things that we need to have or to, to be that recognized thought leader. That's a great question. The first is to solve a problem, 
that's a fundamental aspect of business and entrepreneurship in order to you know be recognized the first thing you have to do is to solve a problem a problem that is either recognized by your industry it is a problem that maybe you have identified that other people haven't or it is creating a completely new concept movement that hasn't been thought of beforehand that is the first part to being recognized as a thought leader because Thought leaders, we don't sing the same song as other people. We don't follow the same paths as other people. We don't latch ourselves onto existing problems and say, hey, look at me over here. I'm just going to talk about the same thing with different colors. Absolutely not. We go into uncharted territories. We go into places where no one has gone before. So the first thing is to have a unique message. Then, of course, we attach our unique brand to it and to develop an authentic and congruent personal brand is a key aspect of thought leadership because there's only one of us. We are, Every one of us has a very unique brand. So we've got a message and then we've got a brand. And then we communicate this to our target audience. But we need to go through the process of identifying our target audience. And what I thought my target audience was when I started is completely different. And the more that I continue on this journey is my authentic target market coming out. I mean, even between my first mastermind to my sixth, seventh, eighth mastermind, whatever I'm on, they're different people as well into how they think. And we need to know how people think. That is fundamental to thought leadership because that is how we connect with them. So once you actually have a message, you know your target audience, so you go through the process of branding yourself magnetically and authentically, do then start to communicate this to people. And content, content generation is the lifeblood of a thought leadership model. I've been posting content consistently for, I think, since November, October, November last year. I put out 600 posts on LinkedIn that is in the podcast content, that is in the book, that is just pure social media posting because we are constantly adding value to people. We're constantly showing up in their world and saying, hey, think about this. Have you thought about this? Are you feeling this? We're constantly in a dialogue with our community and that is how we also continuously bring people into our world. And this is where people get it so fundamentally wrong. They start with content, but content is only the tactic. But what's the point of putting out content? content when it's not aligned with your brand, meaning there's going to be an immediate disconnect with people because there's a mismatch. You're not, you don't even have a congruent message. You're not clear on the problem you're solving, but people are putting out content, putting out content. It's in some ways a wasted effort. I mean, yes, it's great to have an imperfect start, but it's also understanding that just putting out content isn't going to establish authority. It's not how the game works. If it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. But there's a reason why everyone isn't doing it. So we put out content, but in many different ways and forms. A podcast, it is a book. We have to think of brand assets that you know professional people don't have. Professionals don't have a book. Professionals don't have a podcast. Professionals don't have a YouTube channel. Professionals may not have a blog. There's no prescribed way in which you you know, you must have a podcast. Well, no, some people are so adverse to speaking, they're actually better writers. So this is what's really unique about the thought leadership model is you play to your strengths. Some people will refuse to write. They just want to speak. Great, no problem. You can build a business, you can build authority based around what you want, where you want to work, how you want to work, why you want to work. It's, it's no problem. But 
we definitely have to generate authority building assets like podcasts, like books, like blogs, like YouTube channels. We need to have, you know, a very uh, a social media following because you're not a leader if no one's following. And a part of a key part of, you know, also being a thought leader is being omnipresent. We show up in multiple different channels. We're on podcasts. We're guests as well. We contribute to other people's blogs. That's thought leadership in in an absolute nutshell. As of course, it is you know far more complicated and involved than that. But you know, being a thought leader affords you to have such a lean operation because you're building a business around your expertise and your passion, and with a vision and a desire to add value and being creative, along with Wi-Fi, a payment system, and a personal brand and and marketing. You can have a very powerful thought leadership practice. I love it. That's great stuff. <laughs> Wonderful. I have one last question, and I hope you're ready for this. I ask this of all of my guests as well when it goes something like this. People are out here watching you. They're listening to you. They love what you're saying, and they have similar goals, similar interests, similar, similar paths, and they want to go on this, this train with you. They want to be thought leaders as well. Can you tell them, and I'll put you front and center, can you tell them how they can become an authority in this space? Oh, that's a great question. And it is a festive season and I am leaving my 20s. So I wanted to give back something to the community, to the listeners who are saying, yes, this is everything that I've been looking for. This is the pathway that I didn't know was possible. And I don't have to feel frustrated and diminished and confused, I can actually step into my power and create the life and lifestyle and business that supports this. So I have extended an exclusive offer only to people who are listening to the Authority Project with Brian, because I know you're all exceptional and you are here for a reason. So I am giving out 20 free consultations on how to become a thought leader. We will have the conversation as to how to make this possible for you based on where you are right now and where you want to go. And I've never done this before to give out 20 free consultations. So only because of you, Brian, and your authority does your audience get to have this. So it is a complimentary consultation. We're going to look at what is preventing you, what you actually want to achieve, and then to actually look at the pathway, a very clear step-by-step pathway to get you to being the authority in your niche, in your industry, and to have you to be and have you as the recognized thought leader that you probably were always meant to be. Awesome. Thank you so much. And so so just tell people where they can find you and how they can get onto this offer as well for the people who will be listening further, Eleanor. The offer is available from calendly.com forward slash Eleanor Marsha forward slash Thought leadership, and I'm sure you'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah. to connect with me further, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Eleanor Mosher. I am on Instagram at Eleanor Mosher underscore, and my website is eleanormosher.com. Great, awesome. This has been this has been great, everybody. I hope everybody's having a merry merry time and a happy holiday. We have one last week in this year for for Eleanor. It's a little bit less than a week. <laughs> but um, it's it's almost done. 2020 is almost done, and I think you can pro- probably say if you're if you're if you've been following me, like I hope you have, you're just getting started, right? We're, we're not 
We're not starting and stopping anymore. We're continuing on the continuous path. And I hope that you are building, you are sharing so people can come to hear your message like Eleanor was saying today. Um, you're, you're, this whole thing has been very much aligned to what I'm talking about in this on this podcast. So I really, really appreciate you being here today. Any last words before we wrap up today, Eleanor, before we get out of here? I get asked this question frequently on podcasts. What is the one piece of advice or what is, you know, your final words? And it is always the same. Take action. The transformation that you're looking for is in the execution. And literally, if not now, then when sitting on the sidelines and sitting on the benches and sitting on the fence, it is not as exciting, thrilling as being in the arena. So you do have to move out of your own way and take action. It has to be both immediate and it has to be massive because otherwise it's not actually going to create the quantum leaps in your career and your life that you so rightfully deserve. That's great. That's great stuff. <laughs> I just want to add to that. Listen, if 2020 is any indication of why you should, should not be looking back in your rear view window and thinking that things are going to go back to normal, just, I mean, or things, or this can repeat itself. You know, this 2020 can be a repeat of something in the future. So why not take the plunge? Why not do something great for yourself and, and build that authority platform and, and be who you want to be? And that's just my last reminder of going to theauthorityletter.com. Get on that list and build your platform. Um, I have, I'm writing every week. Uh, I'm doing videos. Sometimes I do a video to just exclusively to, to, to that list to help you build your authority platform and get you firmly entrenched on doing this every single day. I want you doing this every single day of building your authority. Okay, it's very, very important. Maybe not the twenty, maybe not today. Oh, but maybe not the twenty-fifth. If you don't want to take a day off, you can take a day off, right? We can take a day off, right, Eleanor? Sometimes, <laughs> but um, it's allowed. Yeah, <laughs> not often. Not not often enough. I'm not giving any concessions here. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I appreciate everybody who who was who was jumping on and came back off and on here to the show. I know it's hard, especially on this festive day. But thank you so much. 2020 is not over. We still got time to do something great in this year. So do it. Get started today. Build it, share it, and they will come. And we'll see you on the next episode. We're out. See ya. And that's a wrap for this episode of The Authority Project. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard, we want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and give an honest review. Share and tell your friends so they can hear too. And for even more authority-building tactics, be sure to sign up at theauthorityletter.com. Get free weekly content and ongoing digital product giveaways to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We certainly hope you got a key takeaway or maybe an aha moment from today's broadcast. Just remember, it's your authority. Build it, share it, and they will come. Until next time.